but I'm glad you're here. Glad you guys are here. Hey, so let's go ahead and move forward with the night. We've got one typical announcement we do every week. Of course, Friday night we did cancel this last Friday. Sorry if you were had your, your hopes set on coming and praying. But, you know, Miss Judy needed her curtains hung because she's was up to that point living in a fishbowl. Her and her cat, just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl year after year. <laughs> Sorry, old Pink Floyd fan. Not a lost soul, but anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's probably more than one inside of that fur bag, too. <clears throat> lost souls. I think he's probably got a, not quite a legion, but there's a few in there. Yes, yes, your cat. So anyway, moving on from moving on from the conversation of demon-possessed cats. We're going to start a new ministry here at Legacy City Church. You just bring your cat in a carrier and we will deliver it. We will we will rebuke the enemy and cast every one of those spirits of unfriendliness and mooching food off you constantly and stuck upness, all of those typical cat demons, you know, so we're going to deal with that. Deal with that issue. So Friday night, if you want to come and pray, are you going to say, okay, I'm, I think it could actually be a legitimate ministry. People bring their pit bulls in. I'll be like, mailman, I don't do pit bulls. Cat cur doesn't do demons. I don't do pit bulls. So. Pit bulls, no pits. Sorry if you're a pit bull fan, just, you know, but they are evil. So um, Friday night, 7 p.m., come and, and pray with us. It's fun. It's, it's always an adventure. We never know what the, what the atmosphere the Lord will release in our, in our intercession times on a Friday night. Sometimes it's just soaking and peaceful. Other times it's just like fiery. And we just uh, worship and just let him lead us in prayer. And it's, it's always good. So if you want to come on a Friday night, come for that. Do something. All right, you guys ready? Let's, should we move on? You're, you're all set? Okay, we've got some scriptures to start the evening out with. These aren't going to be the typical opening and, and just revving you up for worship, but I, I think it will spark your spirit. So here, we're going to go with uh, Matthew chapter 7. And I just felt like God dropped this on me this morning when we were worshiping at home. Matthew 7, this is Jesus talking. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven's kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? That's those charismatic churches like us. Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles in your name? But I will have to say to them, Go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. I'm just going to pause for a second. When I was a new Christian and I read that for my first time, it really spoke to me. In the NIV, it says, depart from me. I've, I never knew you. Jesus said, I never knew you. And I knew at that point that this is not about attending church or doing religious activities. This is about knowing God. This is about coming into a living relationship with your creator the lord jesus and so my encouragement to all of us would remind ourselves tonight 
that this isn't about doing religious things. This is about engaging and encountering with the Lord, spending time in his presence, getting to know the one who knows you, who knows me. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows how many hairs are on top of your head. He knows how many will be there when you're 80. Well, women, you don't have to worry about that usually, but usually. But us guys, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Kelly's like, keep moving. Don't worry, you got a full head of hair there. So far, Clayton and I do. Where's Ethan? Where's he? Oh, there he is, hiding, hiding back there. He's, he's hopeful that he won't start receding like his daddy. Anyway, okay. So that's Jesus. You know, he said that many are going to say all of these things. Didn't we do all this stuff? And he's going to say, depart from me, lawless ones, lawless rebels. That means these are people that claimed to know God, claimed to be followers of Jesus, and even did, they even functioned in miracles and signs and wonders. They prophesied, they could, could heal the sick, they used the gifts of the Spirit, but they had no relationship with him. They were lawless. They were, in a sense, living a double standard. And it continues on. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on, on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the wind is coming, the rain is coming. There are going to be things that are going to come upon us individually all throughout our lives, seasons of hard times, seasons of good times. The good times come, the good times go. There's always different changes. But I can, I can guarantee you, in our, even in our nation, we're already going through difficult times, very strenuous uh, weightiness in government and in the lives of people being affected by all kinds of things. The winds and the waves and the rain, it's going to increase. What's going to determine how you and I weather through it and, and how we stand is if we take what we hear Jesus saying, we take his word, we have an intimate relationship with him, and we listen to his voice, and we apply it. We aren't lawless ones who hear the word, but we just do our own thing and just say, grace, grace, grace over my, over my messes and just keep on going and going and going and in our own way instead of walking after him. So let's go on. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. This is our hope tonight, not that you're going to be swept away or flushed away, as in one of our favorite cartoons at our house. It it is a guarantee that if you are trusting in Jesus, walking with him, hearing his word, applying it to your life, knowing him, holding fast to him, when the stuff comes your way, you're going to be able to stand. And if there wasn't a time more serious than now, it is now that we need to stand. We need to stand firm and hold fast to King Jesus. All right, now we're going to shift into an opening preparation. I didn't want to leave you guys all like... Uh-oh, where am I at? I feel like I'm teetering through those verses right now. This is your hope. This is the answer. 
Why don't we stand up? Because we're going to worship. If you want to read it, we read this out loud last week. If you want to read it out loud again this week, that's fine. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. This is our hope. The blood of Jesus, you guys, is our hope. No matter where you feel like you're at, if the Holy Spirit was convicting you in those verses, maybe you haven't been building your life on the rock. Maybe you haven't been taking Jesus' teaching, hearing it and applying it and, and getting to know him. Today's the day to start because it's not too late. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> the end is not until you take your final breath and then there's no more chances to get to know him. So right now, Hebrews 10, 19. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. Jesus made the first step. He made the first gesture by reaching down. He is the one who is the rescuer. He laid down his life to rescue you and to rescue me. I did not choose him. You did not choose him. You might think you did, but he chose you. He chose you before the foundations of this world. He chose you and predestined you to become one of his own, to be adopted, that you would come to know him, that you would walk with him, and you would experience the joy and the, the wonder and the hope of having a relationship with your creator. He has paid it all. His broken body on the cross is the final word. His blood is the final word. He has paid it all. It continues on, and then we're going to worship since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing, nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. So this is what I want you guys to do. Let's just put our hands on our heart for a second. Let's just declare that, that part of that verse that's in red over ourselves. Our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. I am now clean, unstained, and presentable to God. Let's just close your eyes for a second. Jesus, we just asked you tonight that you would, you would put a, apply a fresh sprinkling of your blood on our hearts that you would awaken our spirits and our hearts anew and afresh to the reality that your blood has made us free it has made us clean unstained and presentable to you we thank you lord we thank you for the power of your blood we thank you that your blood cancels out all sin your blood sets us free from condemnation your blood delivers us from the hand of the devil. Your blood sets us free in every way. And most of all, your blood is, is the, what it took to reconcile us to yourself and to the Father. So tonight, we recognize the power of your precious blood. And we thank you for it, Lord. And as we prepare to worship you tonight, we recognize, we recognize that your blood 
is everything to us. What you did on the cross means everything. It means the world to us. It's our salvation. So we thank you, Lord. I think that's it. I don't think I had another verse. So if Tammy wants to pray. Did I just pray? Okay. Well, I just prayed. So I'm going to pray again, though. <laughs> our names are written on the palm of his hand. I'll pray that and we're going to worship. So Jesus, tonight, we just thank you. You can lift your hands to him. You know what that means when you're lifting your hands? That's like a little child lifting their hands to their father. And we just lift our hands to you, Daddy God, Father God. We lift our hands to you and we just ask you, Lord, to catch us up into your presence tonight. That you would sweep us up into your throne room. Your blood gives us access, free and fresh access into the realm of heaven tonight. So we step in by faith. We step in by trusting that you have paved the way for us through your precious sacrifice on the cross. And we're just here to do no more than to love you, to honor you, and to lift high the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take a minute and just wait on the Lord, guys. tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. So there's no doubt that the Lord is here. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you, Lord, you're faithful and true, faithful to all your promises. We just rest, Lord, just rest, rest for a moment in his presence, guys. Just breathe in your life, Lord. We receive you, Jesus. 
receive everything we need. Because you are everything. It's going to take another moment longer just as you're resting in his presence. I'm going to read the scripture that's up here. It says, when you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to, to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue, an interpretation, let each one contribute what strengthens others. So I just want to invite, if anyone tonight feels that they have, this is a little bit risky, because I'm just throwing it out to anyone. But if you have a song of praise, a teaching, and I don't mean a 10, 15 minute teaching, but a word of encouragement, a divine revelation. If you feel like God has given you a word in tongues, there's interpretation for it. Or if you have a prophetic word for anyone, I want to invite you to come up front now. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna do this popping from the chairs. You guys know now, but we want it on the microphone to be recorded. So if you have something, I want you to just come up now. We're not gonna rush, just take your time. If you have something, just come on up. Just come stand up here with Tammy and I. prophetic picture, a word of encouragement, a song. Well, I know he's doing stuff. I know he's showing you things. If you feel like it's just between you and him, that's fine. You know, that's good. But if you guys have something for the whole church, then I just want you to come up. And if not, I've got a handful of things here. So. You got some? Okay, well, just stay in that, that atmosphere, that, that position. That's better. The, stay in the position of just receiving from the Lord. If, if he shows you something, if you, if you get a word of encouragement, scripture that comes to mind. If you do, I want you to come up here, though, okay? Just want to quit emphasizing that. It, I want everyone to get used to coming up here and putting it in the little microphone. <clears throat> Believe it or not, I spent probably over a half hour raising the volume on the voices that were far away in the room just the other day to put a, a audio recording online. So I appreciate it. You guys just look so peaceful. Let's just keep our eyes closed for another minute. I just, I feel like the Lord is healing hearts tonight. You may not feel like you have a place in your heart that needs healing necessarily, but you know those places inside of your life and your, it could be in your heart, in your mind. There's a place where there's been some trauma or some pain. There's a, it's a place of sadness. Maybe you, you do really good walking through your day 
functioning well, but there's those moments where that place of sadness kind of opens the door and, and it's there. You remember it's there. It's that place of loneliness. I feel like there's, there's regret, maybe sorrow over bad choices. But the Lord wants to heal that tonight. I'm not gonna ask anyone to raise their hand. I just know if, if that's you, if you have any one of those, those places inside of you, just receive from the Lord tonight. I believe that right now, as you open your heart to him, as you just lay that part of you wide open before Jesus, he's here right now and he wants to heal that. He wants to breathe his life into that place. So Jesus, I just invite you tonight. I welcome you in here to come and do what only you can do. You are the great physician. You are the healer. You are the miracle working God. And we invite you as our great high priest that you would come into this place tonight, into these, these places of our hearts, and you would release your, your healing power that you would release your grace into those places. Thank you, Jesus, that you are making all things new, that you are releasing the newness of life, that your spirit is breathing deep into the deepest places, the secret place of our hearts. Even what we cannot see or feel, Lord, we just say, come and, and do your work. Do your divine surgery inside of us. And even through the rest of this evening, Lord, we just position ourselves before you that you could have your way in us, each one of us individually. That you would release your deep peace into our souls and into our minds that the peace of God that surpasses, it goes beyond all of our understanding, all of our reasoning. The peace of God would come now into that place in your mind as you trust in Jesus. The last thing I feel like he wants to do is he wants to take that orphan spirit out of you. If you feel like you've been all alone, like you're abandoned, like you are just a stranger in the Lord's family, that's not who you are. He says tonight, that is not your identity. You are not an orphan. You are never alone. He will never abandon you. He's always, always, always with you. You all know he will never leave you or forsake you. But maybe you've heard that verse so many times that it's lost its meaning to you. But the truth is he is never going to abandon you. He is never going to be further than a breath away from you. He is surrounding you right now. Some of you, he is surrounding you with songs. He's singing songs over you. Zephaniah 3.16 says, the Lord rejoices over you with singing. He delights over you like a, 
proud parent singing songs over a baby in the crib. He is singing songs over you, songs of deliverance, songs of freedom. He is delighting over you, releasing freedom and, and delivering you from the power and the grip of the enemy. And tonight he's placing the enemy under your feet. So just press your feet down firmly. You might even hear a crunch. <laughs> he is placing Satan under our feet. The God of peace is soon going to crush Satan under our feet, but he's placing authority in you right now to put the enemy in his place at your feet, under your feet, like a footstool. So we just take everything that the enemy has influenced. We take all of the stinking thinking, all of the thoughts that we've allowed the enemy to have access to, where maybe we've agreed with uh, lies, where we've agreed with with uh, the kingdom of darkness, not realizing it, uh, partnering with hopelessness or, or uh, death or sickness or despair or depression, any of those things, those places where we've partnered, he, right now he's inviting you to cast those things down, those thoughts right down with the enemy where the enemy has had a foothold, where the enemy has built a stronghold in your thinking where you may have given access, right now we just cast it down. We, we just yield and we cast down. That's the word of God says to cast it down. We cast down every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So Jesus, we say here we are, here's our thinking, our, our bodies, our spirit, inside out, here we are present ourselves to you tonight. We thank you for the blood that you have poured out, that was shed on the cross, that has been applied to our hearts, that has made us pure and clean, without spot or wrinkle or blemish. You have made us pure, a pure spotless bride. And we just come and we rest in your arms tonight rest as yours, as your beloved, as your chosen ones. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to just give it another moment. If, it, if the, the invitation is still open, if you feel like God has given something to you to share corporately, then come up now. Otherwise, we're going to transition. Which is good, it's cool. It's okay. Normally there's like last week about five, ten, well everyone was just like everyone had something. That's all we did. That's okay. Well, nobody has a tongue. Christian, do you have a tongue? <laughs> you want to speak in tongues in front of all of us? I'm giving you a hard time. Welcome back. teasing Tao just across the room, you know, without even saying anything, you know, a song, because she's had songs before, so the Lord hasn't given you a song tonight to sing over us. No, yeah, he has. A word. See, I knew if I just kind of, just not twist. 
twisting arms, you know, but just kind of gave it a little longer. I don't have a song, but um, when you were talking and we were just meditating, I saw like light switches being turned on, like the Lord was moving through several different rooms in the house and just turning on these lights, the light switches. So I feel like what the Lord is saying is that all those areas in our life that has been empty or felt dark um, and void or like we just didn't really know what was going on, God's just going into those areas of our life, chambers in our mind and our heart. He's just turning those lights on and he's bringing hope. He's the hope of your salvation. He's bringing clarity. He's bringing peace and no more uncertainties that things are going to be clear and there's definitely going to be hope because he's in it and he's just turning on all those lights and he is the light, right? When his light comes, darkness has to flee and I just seen these shadows in the dark just fleeing off just God's light just bringing hope that must mean you do have some I haven't seen anything tonight here but in the last week or so in my life as my faith is increasing um, I think God's trust in me to be responsible and mature is really increasing and things are easier. Each facet is becoming stronger, reinforced, uh, it's completely spontaneous about what God is showing me and it's by the grace of God, it's just strengthening my faith and strengthening my courage and strengthening my will and my purpose and I, every facet in my life is just blossoming it's just it's, there's so much joy I don't even have words for it it's I wish this for everyone in this church, that their faith will be strengthened, that their joy will be increased, that their courage is increased, that their trust in God and God's trust in you will be increased. It's, a, it's just a glorious thing that is happening. It's such a beautiful, beautiful transition into the glory of God that, that we hold Jesus in our hearts and it is increasing every day. We are so hungry for the Lord and he is answering our prayers. So just a scripture to go with what Barbara was just praying, you know, from glory to glory. Second Corinthians three at the very end of the chapter talks about how how as you and I behold, that word behold can apply to various moments throughout your day, decision by decision, choice by choice, but you have a 24 hour day, how much ever you sleep, everything left over after that. Um, you have 
choices that are pivotal places where you can agree in your in your life and in your heart to say yes to him and that's that's all part of beholding as you behold him as we behold the glory of the lord as we fix our attention on his goodness his glory is it's the the, the word glory of god the glory is the weight it's the kabod that's that fun hebrew word sounds like kabod something heavy coming down it's a good heavy though the kabod, the, the glory of God is the weightiness of his character. So when you think about the character of God, he's, he's faithful, true, uh, gracious, patient, kind, full of love, full of um, endurance. He's just strong and mighty. All of those things about him, he's healing, he's forgiving, he's strengthening, he's, he's just so good in every way you can imagine, right? Like if you... You cannot exaggerate, over-exaggerate the goodness of who he is. So as you, as you face, as you turn your face and behold the different facets of his nature, of his glory, you and I, the word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 that we get transformed. Did you know that the more you focus on something, it has an effect on you? Whether you're focusing on something dark and feeding, taking in something from the darkness into your spirit, it's like eating poison. But you're, it could be through your computer screen, or it could be through uh, Netflix, it could be through music, it could be through people you hang out with that just have nothing more than just bad stuff to just spew. Um, it's all a learning process of how to make choices of saying, I don't want any more of that. I know I was born for something better. I know I was born for, for good things that come from God. And that doesn't mean you separate yourself from the rest of the world and just spend time praying in a closet between you and God, waiting for the rapture to happen. He, he has things and he has people. He has resources to put into your, your eyes. And it doesn't mean you have to do all Christian programming on the TV. I believe that his hand is in all kinds of creative artwork in the media and in movies and music. It doesn't have to be Christian music. I mean, you know which stuff is influenced by the enemy. I mean, I don't have to tell you. We all know. But as we behold his glory, as we, as we choose moment by moment, pivotal times in our lives where we have a, have a choice to make, do I consume this or do I say no to that and I say yes to this? As we do that, we are transformed. We get changed from glory to glory to glory into the likeness of Jesus. God is the one who does the transforming work. It is he who works in you to will and to act, to walk out everything according to his purpose. He works in you. But we, all we have to do is just behold him, worship him by beholding him and choosing making choices, yielding, submitting ourselves, choosing higher things over lesser things. Is that good? Is that okay, guys? I want to be like Jesus. Oh. I guess the one pivotal thing in my life that I would say, if it's a word, it would be surrender. Surrendering all that we are, not just the good stuff, but laying even the yucky stuff at his feet. All of it, all of it. He, we are forgiven. We're already forgiven. And it just increases our lives so exponentially. 
uh, it opens our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive Jesus. It just, there's so much spontaneity in my life now that I'm just guided to what I need to see and reinforced about what I need to share in testimony and how important that is. So. Surrender. Surrender. I surrendered my life the first time, this time of the year, actually. No, about another week or so. I think it was right around my parents' anniversary, around the 10th of December, 1988. I was 20 years old. Yes, I'm going to be 54 in March. I was 20 years old. Thank God he rescued me right before my 21st birthday because I was already on the highway to hell and I was going to just get that ID, the 21 and over ID, and I was going to put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> That's all I need to say. I was going to. But he has the perfect timing. He came in in the moment in my life where he knew that I was ripe. I was ripe for the harvest. And when someone had read scripture to me and, and I thought it was going to be a different kind of confrontation, I thought it was going to be a, uh, you need to move into your, you know, away from this living situation. I had roommates, <clears throat> one got saved, the other one and I were not saved. And uh, the one that got saved or rededicated his life to Jesus was bugging us to go to church. And, you know, I was like in the dark side. I was into black metal music and satanic stuff and because I, that made me feel powerful, made me feel like I had this, this uh, armor that made me strong because actually behind it all, I was very scared and weak and I knew I needed God, but I was denying all that. But anyway, Jesus came in right at the right time and he, he confronted me through a friend reading the scripture about the kingdom of heaven being like a treasure buried in a field. And when the guy found that treasure in the field, he sold everything he had to buy that field just so he could have that treasure for himself. And as that was read to me, it was like the hammer of God came down and just smashed the hardness of my heart. And I broke. I just, like a baby. I think I was saved at that moment. <laughs> I just, I didn't even say yes to him yet. I didn't even pray the prayer, you know, the, the magic prayer, Jesus come into my heart thing. I don't think it's even, that, that helps Sometimes that seals the deal because I think a lot of people teeter on the edge of surrender, surrender, but they don't fully lay it down. And, and I was broken at his feet and then led in a prayer by a friend to surrender it all. And I did. And I will never be the same. I mean, he came into my life and new life came into my body whatever was of death and darkness, he came in and just, it just all left. I didn't need to go through deliverance. Sometimes there's nothing bad about going through deliverance and inner healing. I mean, I still needed inner healing, but I got freed from the enemy. The devil had no, no foothold inside of me, no handle to grab onto. I was born again. And the name of Jesus, you know, we were singing it tonight. Worthy is the name. Worthy is the name. You know, I would encourage you if, if you've um, even, I was thinking about this earlier and I didn't go into it when we were just having that kind of quiet, soaky time, but if you feel like the name of Jesus has actually kind of slipped into your vocabulary as a curse word, just tell him you're sorry. 
just say, Lord, I'm sorry for taking your name that way, for, for using the name of Jesus like a cuss word. He knows that if you love him and you know him, and then that's become something that just kind of happened and, and has become a habit, he knows your heart, but he wants to, he wants to free your mouth and free your tongue so that your, your use of his name will only be as lifting it high up in a worthy way. So I would encourage you, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I will choose today. I will vow today to only honor your name and give that name the highest place in my life. Because the truth is, boys and girls, <laughs> men and women, the truth is Jesus is going to come back. He's going to return. I'm not going to put a scary thing on you and tell you the signs of the times, but I can tell you one thing. It's looking like it's closer and closer every day. Okay, I'm not saying I think it's next year. It's probably quite a ways away. But we are in a dress rehearsal right now for the grand finale of creation, of, of life on planet Earth as we've known it. The day of the Lord is closer now than it was yesterday. And I would encourage you, at that time when he returns and he will come back, every knee is going to bow to him. Every knee. Yes, Pelosi, she's going to bow to Jesus. Governor Inslee is going to bow to Jesus. You and I are going to bow to Jesus. Every knee is going to bow to Jesus because he is coming back in all of his glory, in all of his royalty. He is the creator of this planet. He made you inside your mother. He is the one who formed you. He is the one who spoke the world into existence and created the universe. He rules over it all. It is all his. And he's going to come back. I don't know why this whole life experience is set out the way it is, but all I know is there's going to come a day. We all have an expiration date. So you're either going to have <clears throat> finish out your expiration date or you're going to actually uh, not expire before he returns. One way or the other, you're going to see him face to face. And you're going to be with all of us, all of creation, and we will all be bowing before him. And we will all confess with our mouths that Jesus, we will not be using that name as a curse word at that moment. We will be declaring that name in fear and trembling that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord, creator God, master. So I want to just encourage you guys not to be afraid of him, but you should be somewhat. <laughs> The word of God tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, but he wants to have a love relationship with you and with me. You guys good? You okay? All right. Okay, we're going to go through some of the scripture because for two weeks now we haven't. And it's 740 and it's, it's a short passage. So if you're okay, you guys ready to feast on some of the Bible? This is church, you know, church, you're supposed to read the Bible. I mean, we are a Bible-believing church. I know, Kelly, right? It's like, really? I thought we were just all spirit and no, no word. No, we love the word of God and we love the spirit of God, and we want both. All right, so we're going to knock out Hebrews, the last part of Hebrews 10, um, 19 to 39. Well, we'll see if we get to the end. It is short, though. So here we go. You ready? Take off your seatbelts. Get ready for the Holy Spirit to take you for a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, we don't want seatbelts on. <clears throat> no.
Nobody's safe when the Lord's in the room. Here we go. All right. Verse 23. So we read the first uh, 19 through 22 before we started worship. So verse 23 says, So now, wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. It's important, guys and gals, that we hold fast to hope. Some of us are influenced by the conditions of the the world, the things that are going on in government. Some of us are influenced more than others. So this is probably, I'm speaking this more to you and to myself, that, you know, us who try to watch what's happening in the world, the kids, we try to protect them from too much of that, but we want them to be, be aware of a little bit. But either way, whether you're fully engaged in what's happening in the government and in the world affairs, or you're just a kid whose parents are into that, hope is important. We need to hold on to hope and look to God's promises. Because even as one who's not focused on world events, you're going to come across stuff that's going to challenge you where you need to know the promises of God for you. Whether you get sick or you know someone that gets sick, And it doesn't have to be COVID. It could be cancer. It could be something totally out there. Just pull a sickness out of a hat. And, you know, somebody you might know or even yourself might be confronted with that thing. We need to know what the promises of God are. We need to know the promises of God and how they apply to those situations. Otherwise, those things can come and we can get totally swept away by the fear and the dread of what is facing us. Does that make sense? It's pretty self-explanatory. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that, do- that day dawning. So, you know, we use this, this verse as one of our foundation scriptures for telling the government that you cannot put a mandate on us not to come to church because our word our bible and our god tells us that we are supposed to not forsake fellowshipping of the the body of christ not to uh, put that aside but we are actually supposed to meet together in person and not just through uh, computer screens you know that's that's one of the things that we've held fast to but this has been a, a scripture that's been around for a couple thousand years And it has applied just as true then as it does now. And, you know, the reality is, guys and gals, there's a a thing inside of our hearts that, that God, I think, really cares about. And that is our commitment to the body of Christ. You can have a vibrant, full, passionate relationship with Jesus and have a totally cold relationship with his church. God is a God of the vertical and a God of the horizontal. It's his will that we become part of a family. And this is not a, a condemnation for anyone who, you know, we all have opportunities where things happen. You know, we, we get sick or we're just, we need a day off. You know, we canceled prayer Friday night because we needed a, a break. You know, so it's not a condemnation, but this is actually just an encouragement, not only for you, but even as 
uh, people who lead families who have children that we set the stand. I, I believe this has been my passion ever since I got saved and especially after I got married and had children. My passion and my commitment is that I will, I will make the standard of our lifestyle that church will be a priority. And I say church, gathering together with other believers, whether it's on a Sunday or a Wednesday or fellowshipping in my home with other believers and not just hanging out, but just spending time with other believers focused on the word of God, focused on what he is doing and saying. I feel like for me, that's been what I want as the standard because when my kids grow up and leave my house, I want that to be something that they've, they've grabbed hold of in their hearts so that they won't just throw it all away and say, eh, church, pfft, yeah, I'll just watch a video online. So do you guys hear my heart? This isn't about a heavy thing. This is just an encouragement to, to value the bride of Jesus because you're a part of it. And when we all come together, there is so much that God wants to do in our midst through each one of us, as you even got to experience a little bit of through words and, and encouragements shared. Okay, you ready? Ready for the warning? Is it going to disappear? Oh, that's right, I fixed it. I was playing around with the thing and had it flipping around and stuff, and I thought, oh man, people are going to look at that and get sick or throw up or something. Because it was like, I couldn't figure out how to make it spin just a couple times and stop. It was just like, so anyway, we'll just go warn. Okay, so this is a warning in scripture. Okay, I didn't plan it. I did not choose to set this part in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. It's just, this is where we're at. When we started this book, we, we said there are six warnings in the book of Hebrews. I thought it would be fun to use a warning sign just so you can buckle your seatbelt in case it's, you know, off and you're afraid now. (laughs) Here we go. If we continue to persist in deliberate sin, aha, think about it, persist, and not, not make a mistake in sin, but if we continue to persist in deliberate sin, after we have known and received the truth, there is not another sacrifice for sin to be made for us. But this would qualify one for the certain, terrifying expectation of judgment and the raging fire ready to burn up his enemies. It's getting hot in here all of a sudden. (laughs) No one, especially pastors, like to preach these types of verses, and I'm not going to preach on it. I'm just going to let the Word of God say what it says, and then we'll, we'll kind of emphasize a few things. The point is, continuing to persist Okay, that is a path. There is a path called the path of continuing to persist in a certain direction, right? And as the famous band said, yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, well, they were wrong. It's not always time to change the road you're on, but right now is time to change the road you're on. So let's look at, you guys are like, what is he talking about? Okay, it's just part of Stairway to Heaven, which is a very dark song, by the way. from a dark band. We can talk about that later. At verse 28, anyone who disobeyed Moses' law died without mercy on the simple evidence of two or three witnesses. Thank God you're not living in the Old Testament time, right? How much more severely, though, do you suppose a person deserves to be judged who has contempt for God's son? Okay, so this all fits in with the persisting to go in the wrong direction. Okay, persisting to deliberately sin. 
the person who has contempt for God's son, who scorns the blood of the new covenant that made him holy and has outraged the spirit of grace. I don't think anyone in this room, the fact that you showed up tonight, I don't think you need to worry about being in that camp. I really don't. Because if there is any concern in your heart that you don't want to be walking in that direction, I think that's a good place because typically people who begin to go that direction begin to cut off all ties, first of all, to the body of Christ, and then they cut off any relationship they have with God. At some point, they go to a place where they're just hardened. They just, they just stop everything. They, they deny him. Okay, so that's all I'll say about that. But so this, the spirit of grace at that last part there, contempt for God's son, scorning the blood of the new covenant that makes us holy and outraged the spirit of grace. So here's a footnote that I should share. Or insults the spirit of grace. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. You need him. I need him. The Holy Spirit is the dispenser and the Lord of grace. If you need grace, he will give it to you. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means that you are filled with grace, which is what? Not a license to sin. It's not permission to do whatever you want to live and live recklessly and go in an opposite direction of where God's going. No, grace is the supernatural spiritual power of God. It is the enabling power of God in your life. You need grace. I need grace. The only way you and I can grow in Christ is in the grace. Think of grace as the soil that you, like a plant, need to let your roots go deep in. Because if you have no grace for yourself or for others, you're going to become like a Pharisee, like a dead plant. You're just, you're not going to make it. You're going to be bitter and hateful and spiteful and everyone's sin's going to drive you crazy so much that you won't even know about your own because you'll just be so focused on everyone else. Whoa, why do you keep dropping your mouth with these little truth bombs? Okay, <clears throat> so grace is, the, is spiritual power. Okay, grace is the supernatural power of God that enables us to live pure, holy, and undefiled. Surrender. Surrender is a key to accessing grace. We surrender ourselves. We lay ourselves down at the grace and mercy of God. In fact, Hebrews tells us to come boldly before the throne of God to receive mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. So God is more than willing to take all of us, any one of us, you, at any moment and give you what you need to get strong and to walk with him. He doesn't want to cast anyone aside. He does not want to see anyone fall away and perish. He wants everyone actually to be saved. The whole world he, he loved so much that he gave Jesus. While we're still enemies of God, he gave Jesus to save us. So he's quick to take people into his arms. And if you're still not sure, just read this, the story of the prodigal son, which is actually more about the father in that story. Because the, the prodigal son recognized his condition. And as he decided to go back to the father, even before he could say a word of, I'm sorry, I messed up, the father, representing our God, ran down the road with, a, with 
Well, he didn't have the robe and the ring, but he ran down the road to meet his son before he could say a word. And some people would say he put his hand on his mouth before he could start spitting out all of his reasons for being sorry. The father cared nothing about any of that except for the fact that he's home. My son has come home. And he's like, quick, servants, kill the cow, prepare the feast, get the best robe, put a fresh robe on my boy, put a ring on his finger. He has come home. That is how God celebrates any of us that turn back to him when we begin to go the wrong way. So everything that we're saying tonight, guys, has hope attached to it. This scary scriptures when you think, wow, scorning the blood of the cross, you know, trampling the Son of God underfoot. That those, those scriptures are there to cause us to be aware. There is a condition that a person could get to. So let's go on. I, I threw this in there, 1 Timothy 5.24, and I chose the NIV because of how it was worded. This spoke to me years ago. The sins of some are obvious, reaching to the place of judgment ahead of them. In other words, their sins are just piling and piling and piling, and they just keep going and going and going, piling up that mountain of unholiness and sin in their lives, just fully giving themselves into it. The sins of others trail behind them. It's two ways. You're either going towards God or you're going away from him. You're either going into sin and it's piling up in front of you or you're turning away from that and you're turning to God and you're running towards him. And even though you're running towards him, you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going you're gonna to stumble occasionally. I don't want to put that on anybody, but the truth is we all fall short. We all make mistakes. We all sin occasionally. Okay, And hopefully as you're running with Jesus and fixed on him, that like the scripture says, it's trailing behind you piece by piece, cut by cut. He's just cutting those cords and you're just, you're just pressing in and he's just untangling your feet and he picks you back up, washes you off and he just cheers you on like a child learning how to run or get up and walk for the first time and then run. That is our God. He's cheering you on that you would walk and run with him towards him. You guys good? Okay. We won't make it to the end probably. For we know, oh, we'll make it to the end, but not the end of this. I hope. Okay. You're going to make it. I want to encourage you. You're going to make it, Isabel. Okay. For we know him who said, I have the right to take revenge and pay them back for their evil. And also, the Lord will judge his own people. All right? So just get over it. He's going to judge you. Okay? doesn't mean he's going to judge you to condemnation and hell, but he's going to judge all of us. You and I each get to stand before him, and we will be judged according to what we did and did not do with what we've been given. The good news is that the judgment for Christians doesn't mean hell is a part of the, the payment of judgment. Jesus took that part of our judgment away when he went to the cross for you and I. So we aren't going to be judged for our sins. Our sins were dealt with on the cross. The cross is the final word for your sins and my sins. And I believe that those that reject Christ, it's not going to be what, they, what their sins amounted to. I, I believe it's going to be because they rejected the one who bore their sins in his body on the tree. So the Lord's going to judge his own people. Verse 31. This is so encouraging. I hope you guys are loving it tonight. 
it is the most terrifying thing of all to come under the judgment of the living God. <laughs> NIV says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of, of God. Is it something like that? He made you, he put you on earth for this time and this day, and you're going to go back to him. This is the hope that we have, that Jesus has taken away the penalty of sin and death. So when we go to, back to the Father and we stand before Jesus and the Father, the Father and Jesus at his right hand and the Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son, and we, we, our hope is that we will be brought in as who we are now, the redeemed sons and daughters of God. And we will be welcomed home. We will hear those words, good and well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you remember those days right after the light shined in your hearts? You endured a great marathon season of suffering hardships, yet you stood your ground. And at times you were publicly and shamefully mistreated, being persecuted for your faith. Then at other times you stood side by side with those who preached the message of hope. Now this is the early church. They've gone through persecution unlike you and I have never known. Okay, so we don't necessarily relate to that fully, but there is persecution that we do get to endure here, even in our, in our nation, in our cities, in different measures. But those words, I just want to highlight that, <clears throat> the, sub, the footnote for the persecuted for your faith. The Aramaic can be translated, and I thought this was really cool, so that you would become seers or develop vision. So think about that. At times you were publicly shamefully treated so that you may become seers or develop vision. God allows hardships to come our way so that we will, we will get sight, so that we will have vision and see things the way he sees them. That's cool. I think we're right at the end here. Bear with me, guys. We're going to do this. You sympathize with those in prison, and when all your belongings were confiscated, you accepted that violation with joy, hopefully. Convinced that you possess a treasure growing in heaven that could never be taken away. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will, and then you, re then you receive the promise in full. For soon and very soon, the one who is appearing will come without delay. Okay, so the fact is, he's going to come. Jesus is going to return. We need to be bold and courageous in our faith and have the strength of endurance. All we need to do is hold fast. Hold fast. Hold on to Jesus. Get to know him more. And here is the very last slide. He also says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul will not be, excuse me, if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. In other words, he, he doesn't want you. He's not content with you holding on to fear. Okay, fear is not what belongs to you. Perfect love will cast out fear. So he wants to break fear off. The verse 39, the final verse. But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. So let's stand up. Let's stand up. So... I like the NIV. It says that we are not those we are not of those who shrink back, but of those who persevere to the end, something like that. 
God, I, I believe that God's trust in you, someone said it tonight, that you trust in him and he trusts in you. Was that what you had said? Something like that? Somebody said that tonight. To some point, I believe God has faith in you to be able to do and accomplish what he has planned for you. In fact, if you are walking in his purpose for your life and he is giving you, he's infusing you with, with truth and life and, and grace, the power to walk those things out, he's confident in his own ability in and through you. So in a sense, he's confident in you that you can do it. He chose you. He predestined you. He, he actually prepared works and for you and I to do for us to walk in, to, to do those good, those good deeds, those works. So God's expectation of you and I is not that we would be those that fall into sin and then feel so condemned that we're afraid to even go back to God and ask for forgiveness and believe that that lie maybe <clears throat> that the enemy is telling us that you've, you've committed the unpardonable sin. You've gone too far. You can't come back. Because if you do, you're trampling the blood of Christ. You know, the devil will take scriptures and actually use them against you to keep you from running back to God. Those scriptures are warnings for us to watch out for those things, to avoid growing cold and falling away. But God has, has better plans for you he knows that you have it in you to persist and hold fast and make it to the end and complete the work that he has for you to do. That you would win the prize for which he has called you out of darkness and into his light to do. So why don't we pray and if you need healing tonight or if you just need to if you just need to straighten out your life between you and God and you want some help figuring out where you're at and just some people to pray with you and agree with you to know that you're right with God before you go tonight then just just come up we'll pray so we'll have some music going but I'm going to pray now but I just want to open that up that that invitation would be open and you guys would uh, feel free to come up and, and just receive personal prayer so, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your, your presence here. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for the power of your word, that your word, even though it seems heavy at times, that your word is going in and it's bringing life to us. That every word that comes from the mouth of the Father is life and it's bread. So we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. And we just grab hold of you tonight. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace over our lives. Thank you for your plans for us. Yeah, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We just praise your name, Jesus' name. All right, so we'll officially dismiss if you need to go. And if you want prayer, go ahead and come on up.